I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as Ooh. always, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com Daily. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? You're back. Thank God. Somebody tweeted at me again today and made fun of uh, my editing skills or my lack there. What? The takeover tyrant, the one more thing king, <laughs> taking over for me while I was gone. Um, yeah, so I, I've been gone for a while. I appreciate Isaac holding down the fort while I was out. I actually oh, Thanks for reminding us, Nick, that you've been gone. Thank I you. actually went and surprised my parents. They didn't know I was coming, and I went all the way from Florida to Ohio to say hello to my parents, and they enjoyed it. Uh, the video's on my Instagram <laughs> It's, uh, I awesome. told people to go to your Instagram to watch these videos. It's awesome to see my dad and my mom surprised. Uh, they're definitely deserving people of a surprise like that. So, uh, All right. On the show today, Isaac and I are back in it. We're back in it for the long haul, I think, through, yeah. um, I don't know, the end of next season. <laughs> So I was trying to think. I was trying to think of when this is going to end, but we have you know the rest of this resumed season, and then uh, you know the draft, free agency, you know the, the very short off season that we'll probably still do pods during, and then the season starts again potentially in December. So this is uh, right now. This is the end of the off season. It feels like for us. So we're back. Um, today on the pod, we are going to hear from Tim Hardaway Jr. Isaac has been doing a great job breaking down and listening to some of the audio from Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis. If you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen to those. Uh, I think that we're the only outlet sharing this audio right now. So you're the only people that are hearing the, these pressers and hearing from the actual players themselves and, and uh, coaches. So we're going to hear from Tim Hardaway Jr. today. We'll do Rick Carlisle tomorrow on tomorrow's pod. Um, and we also, we know the scrimmage schedule. Isaac talked about that. We know the actual schedule for the Mavericks. I mean, it's all coming in. It's all coming together. And right now, maybe as you're listening to this, the Mavericks are flying to go to Orlando right now. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to this on what? A win- Wednesday, um, Wednesday morning. A lot of you on the way to work, if you're uh, working right now and yeah, the Mavericks head out for, uh, for Disney Wednesday morning. And, uh, you know, a group of teams, uh, went yesterday. I don't know off the top of my head who they were, but I think it was what six or seven teams uh, went on Tuesday. Another group goes on Wednesday. Another group goes on Thursday. And and like a lot of you know, as soon as they arrive in Disney and they uh, take the buses to their uh, hotel there in Disney, then they enter their quarantine um, time period in their hotels. So then uh, Luca, KP, and all the guys will be uh, quarantined in their hotel rooms for I think what two days, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they got to be quarantined for 48 hours, and then they have to get two negative tests, um, you know, the coronavirus test. And so we're going to see, I mean, the more we're starting to see, you know, tonight, late Tuesday night, we're starting to see some of the meals come in. And let me just get on my soapbox about these meals. How dare the NBA and Disney feed these NBA players like this? How dare they? Have you seen these photos, Isaac? (laughs) They're incredible. 
Guys, the Troy, food, Troy Daniels. Guys, the food looks sharing. normal. It looks fine. <laughs> it does, but everything everything that happens in the bubble that gets shared like this, this is, I mean, people are going to overreact about it. And uh, but I think there'll be some proper uh, reaction too. I think there there will be some things that uh, maybe are not up to par or something that surprises a lot of people and are like, dang, like that would suck to to do that. So yeah, it's not going to be close uh, to anything we're seeing out of the WNBA right now. God uh, bless. That's they're a disaster. sharing some stuff that looks like a campground that my you know that you as a youth pastor would go to as like a spot check and be like, um, I don't know if we want our, our students to be staying yeah. here. You know, <laughs> even at that level. Uh, so. Yeah, we're gonna see you're gonna see a lot more stuff. And this, I mean, it's starting. They're going in the bubble. The Mavericks are going into the bubble. As you're listening to this, they're probably already there getting their tests and all that. And so this is uh, gonna be really fascinating to see. Um, I think social media too is an uh is a storyline that not a lot of people are like focusing on a lot because I think now more than ever especially when they get there. I mean, what else will players have to do? Instagram, following players on Instagram, Twitter, and everything. I mean, we could see Q&As happening all the time. We could see, I mean, Boban is just set the notifications <laughs> on right now. and So I, I think we're going to see some, hopefully there's nobody getting in trouble with social media uh, during uh, the Disney bubble stuff, but not just at the beginning, just throughout it because there's not going to be, you have guys like Damian Lillard saying that they're not going to leave their hotel room in between games and practices that yeah. they're just gonna like he, he's setting up a studio and playing ps4 so i think we can see guys on twitter and instagram more than ever during this yeah uh, the odds are not in favor of players not getting in trouble by th- things that they post just by the sheer numbers i think we're gonna see because yeah. there's so much so all right well, let's get into it we have too much to get into with tim hardaway jr i thought that there was just so much stuff in that interview he actually did this on tuesday and so we're sharing it tonight we're gonna do rick carlisle's tomorrow like i said already did luka Doncic and Kristaps porzingis you can go listen to those pods that isaac did um first of all the a big question on everyone's mind and especially mine still uh i have you know, come to the conclusion that I'm going to be excited for basketball to come back. The players all want to play. They all decided to. They all made the collective decision. They took in all the information and everything the Players Association and the league was telling them about the risks that they're taking. And they all decided that they wanted to go. And they were given the option to not play. And these are grown men that have made this decision. And so if they make that decision, they want to play, I'm going to be excited about it. I, I went back and forth. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that I have gone back and forth about, man, is it right for me to be excited about this, for them to go be in this, you know, quote unquote bubble and, you know, potentially be risking their lives and the lives of their family to go play basketball, right? Like it's been this moral quandary. I feel like that maybe just I've been dealing with, but I think other people have been dealing with it as well. So if you're out there thinking about that, um, I'm taking the stance that these players want to play, they're going out to play and that they, uh, that we should be excited about it and be excited for basketball to come back. And also we should watch because they're going to make a statement. Uh, they're, you know, they're going to be making a statement and uh, talking about the issues that actually really matter in social injustice and uh, all that kind of stuff. So here is uh, a question from Brad Townsend. He asked Tim Hardaway Jr. This was the presser with the media on Tuesday. He asked him if he had some worry still about the bubble. If he was, you know, concerned about the safety precautions, or if he was concerned about going to play in Orlando in this bubble environment. Yeah. Hey Tim, I wonder how closely you're paying attention to what's going on uh, with the other franchises that are going to be in the bubble already. I guess five, maybe even six of their uh, training facilities have been closed. Uh, 
do you have a concern level at this point or, or, or do you feel good about the protocols that have been put in place in your safety uh, in Orlando? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm still, you know, up in the air right now, but uh, uh, I love the game of basketball. So um, I don't care where it's getting played or the circumstances. Uh, whenever I have, when you have an opportunity to do the, the one thing that you love, um, just go for it. And uh, I think the NBA and the MDPA and everybody that's involved with, um, with the season restarting in Orlando, I think they've done an amazing job of making sure that our lives are safe and that um, everybody is safe um, when they all get into the bubble. So um, just hearing them out and listening to what they have to say, uh, I'm really, really confident. And um, that just goes to show the guys um, in our franchise, you know, they're, they're following the rules and they're staying safe. And most importantly, uh, they're still getting their workout in and making sure that they're ready to go when we get to Orlando. So he mentioned that he's still, quote, up in the air about it. And that quote I saw was thrown around a lot on Twitter, and uh, I think it was taken out of context a little bit. And so let's get into the context. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about um, what the Mavericks are doing. We'll get into more about Tim Hardaway Jr. about him being a third, you know, the third role player, the third star on this team, that you know, playing the role in this team. Uh, question about his shooting confidence and all kinds of stuff. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris. Right now, you have a car, right? How many cars do you have? One car? You and your wife have two cars. I mean, which garage? We, I mean, I think we have like eight in garage one, I think 12 in the other one. But uh, If you have real cars and not just matchbox cars like Isaac has, or if you have a Pinewood Derby car, which is probably what Isaac has in the other garage, uh, you need rockauto.com. This is a place where you can get all the parts for your car. I have a car right now that needs some parts. I need some uh, some work on on some of it a little bit here and there. rockauto.com It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers so they take all the parts from all the places and you're like well where should i get my parts well they get it from all these other places you can go there you can search by your specific car brand you can search by the make the model all that kind of stuff get the exact part your car needs it's a unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog you can quickly see all the parts for your vehicle choose the brands the specifications and the prices that you prefer and best of all rock auto prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers you're on the exact same page you're on the exact same level as all the professionals out there why spend up to twice twice as much for the same parts at a store that you're going to walk into a brick and mortar store or whatever? Get it at rockauto.com delivered right to your house. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write in locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that you know that we sent you there. Locked on Mavericks. So put in locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever, ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris. So, Tim Hardaway Jr. mentioned that, you know, about the safety precautions and about the way that the NBA bubble is and about COVID-19, the risks of playing, the risks of going out and basically just leaving your house at this point. He was still up in the air about it. What did you take from that specific quote and how was it maybe used out of context other places? Yeah, I was scared once he said it. I was afraid that people were going to tweet it out um, and 
Yeah, just the context behind it, that he was up in the air about playing, but the rest of the quote, he obviously, you just listened to it, he was excited about playing, he wants to play. So I took the quote of him saying, hey, I'm up in the air on if he, like his um, worry about it or this him being scared about it, he's still up in the air about um, all, like just how he feels being scared about it. That's how I took it because, yeah, I mean, he went on to talk in that quote about how, hey, if there's basketball being played, I'm going to play basketball. So, uh, and that's really a uh, the same sentiment that you heard from Luca and KP. All three of them were asked the same question multiple days of, hey, did you ever debate about not playing? And all three of them said it wasn't even a debate for them, wasn't even a discussion. They were playing if the NBA was coming back at, at Disney. So, yeah, I took it as 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 pretty much that, that he was undecided and kind of up in the air about the risks and whether it was worth it or not worth it. And I don't know if he even potentially put it, put a ton of thought into it. He just wanted to play basketball and that's kind of the first thing on his mind. And if you, you know, some of these players they're between the, <laughs> how old's Tim Hardaway Jr.? Like 25, 26. I mean, 27, yeah. Uh, yeah. 20, 27 Luca and Porzingis are 20, 20, 24, 25. I mean, they're still really young guys. And, I know when I was that age, and I'm sure you and a lot of people out there, you feel invincible, right? And just, you don't care about any health, you know, ramifications for anything. I mean, food or otherwise, you know, anything that you do. Some people, you know, jump off cliffs or they do crazy things and, uh, you know, you pull donuts in your car, like just dumb stuff like that. And so you may not, they might not even be thinking about it as seriously as, you know, some, some of us older people, I guess. Are we some of the older people now, I guess? I guess we're like... <laughs> late 20s early 30s but um yeah they might not be thinking that way i'm not saying that they are or not but um i think that's what i took from it he really didn't uh maybe he weighed the risks and he just you know didn't really think too much about it and he was still up in the air about whether you know the risk or not was worth thinking about it i guess or even or even considering but i don't want to get too much into that and get too much into the weeds on that i thought what was really important and what was really cool was his talk about his role on the team and being a potential third star we've heard about um we've heard about tim hardaway jr and uh it was was mentioned at the start of the season that he could be the michael finley you know role to Chris Ops and Lucas, Dirk and Nash, right? That he could be that type. And to be honest, I think on this podcast, I think we laughed a lot about that. <laughs> we well, laughed, yeah, for sure. We laughed over and over about that quote because it just seems so ridiculous compared to the way that he even played last year with the Mavericks and the way that he had played, you know, a couple years before coming to the Mavs. And he shut us up. He shut us up with his play. We've gone over it over and over again how well he's playing and how well he's shooting, how well he's just fitting in. And so here's Tim Hardaway Jr. talking about his role on the team. I'm just curious uh, if you've seen this as a little bit of a breakout season for you, not so much because numbers have spiked or anything, but uh, you're producing right like you have pretty much throughout your career, but you're doing it on a high-quality playoff team. That seems to be kind of a kind of a big difference. Yeah, and I think that just um, – um, I think it's just uh, – me reminiscing my time when I was in Atlanta. Um, uh, very similar situation with the star power that we had on the floor with uh, Paul Millsap, Al Horford, you know, Dwight Howard, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Kyle Corver, all those guys. Um, uh, it's just uh, me just trying to go out there and just play my role and do the best I can at it. And um, like I said, I'm just trying to do whatever I can to make 
the two guys on our team, life as easy as possible out there on the floor, KP and Luca, Luca, KP, however you want to put it. Um, but yeah, uh, my time and other teams, I've had different coaches, head coaches for every season. And in Atlanta, I had a coach for more than one season there. And I had a coach here in Dallas for more than one season. So it just goes to show uh, once I'm in a system and know my role and what I have to do, um, it makes my job and everybody else's job a lot easier. You feel like you've uh, kind of cemented yourself as a, uh, as they say, a number three? Um, I mean, I, at this point, I just want to win. I don't care. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm just trying to go out there and produce the best I can and do my job and control what I control out there on the floor. Um, um, everybody forgets uh, Seth. You know, Seth started the season for us, and he did an amazing job. Um, so, uh, you know, it doesn't matter when I'm the third or fourth or, you know, when one of those guys are out, I'm the first or second. But um, I'm just out here just trying to do the best I can to uh, make everybody's job a lot, a lot easier. And, you know, I'm happy with the role I'm in right now. First of all, let's just, I mean, just claps and congratulations. When asked the question, do you feel like you're the third option or do you feel comfortable as the third option? He didn't just say, you know, I don't really see myself as that. Or he didn't even say, you know, I, you know, I'm comfortable in any role in the offense. He named Seth Curry by name, which I think is just a testament to this chemistry. We've heard about how good the chemistry on this team is. But for Tim Hardaway Jr. to mention another player as maybe being ab- above him in the totem pole on the offense. And, you know, that's the thing that he does best, right, is his offense and score. And he mentioned another player that could be competing for minutes with him. I thought that that was just such a testament to his character and the chemistry on this team. And I really loved that quote specifically. Oh yeah. This is my favorite. uh, I think it's my favorite quote of any of the like four days now, five days uh, that we've had um, these virtual pressers and just, yeah, how he answered the question. He's like, Hey, I don't care about where I'm at on the pecking order. I only care about winning. And the fact that he brought up Seth's name, like you said, I mean, he not only deflected to winning, but he deflected and brought the attention to another teammate that's having a great season too. And I mean, this is a guy who, could hit unrestricted free agency this summer if he wants. I mean, hit this get and he's had if you want to say career year. This this could be a time he's he's earned it to set it and say, yeah, I feel like I am a third option on this team. I feel like that I, I have stepped into that role and I'm confident in my game. And and I would have been like fine with that quote um, because he has proved it and proved a lot of people wrong, including uh, myself. And so, uh, I, but just how he approached this whole question, yeah, I, I love absolutely loved his answer. He could take the direction of, I have so much more to give. You know, third option, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm ready whenever, and I have so much more to give to this offense. And uh, he could take that direction because, like you said, it's a great point. He could be in a contract year, right? Like, this could be his yeah. time to, to cash in again, you know, after playing in this system and showing that he can be, you know, go-to player in a system with another star and out there. Uh, and there's lots of them that need players like this. And so it, it's Play, playing alongside other stars like Dwight Howard and uh, Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> I just love how you mentioned them. Kyle Korver. Uh, but but we guys. have compared, when we've talked about Tim in the past, we have compared his role that he played in Atlanta, that winning basketball in Atlanta with 
with Coach Bud alongside Horford and Millsap and those guys and how he had a role there and how he went to New York. I, I felt vindicated a little bit because he, he, he mentioned Atlanta and how it's kind of similar. Then he mentioned the head coaches, which we've talked about on the spot, about how many head coaches he's been, you know, he's uh, been coached by in his career, which is crazy. It's like six out of seven years, you know, six coaches, seven years, something like well, that. He played and, for New York tw- like four years, two like two different stints. So I think he got true, four yeah. different coaches in those stints. Yeah, so now now he's in this role in Dallas to where uh, I don't I can't remember if he said it right then or he said it in a different quote. He's like, I'm just here to make Luca and KP's life easier. And uh, yeah, he said everything just, everything is about making life easier for Luca or KP or KP and Luca. I thought that, that was interesting too. He wanted to mention one of them before the other. I don't know what that means. Is that but a, it might mean is that something? A, uh, is that something I don't know what it going means. On? It could mean something. <laughs> I don't know uh, whose team is it, uh, but no, I, I absolutely. This is my favorite, my, my favorite quote over the past handful of days, and uh, Tim's always fun to talk to. What do we think about the idea of him being the third, the third option, and maybe Seth being the third option? I think it's like a combo. I mean, if we're talking about third, it's all about how you define third option. It's third option scoring only because I've said before, I think Dorian Finney-Smith's the next most important player on the team, but he's not going to put up the points. So if we're just talking scoring third option, I think it's a combo of Tim and Seth because – I think we'll see. We'll probably see Seth start, according to Donnie, what he you know he said, uh, or at least how he projects the rotation and matchups and stuff. But um, I think they'll both hover around the same amount of minutes, and you just hope that one of those guys. I mean, you obviously hope both of them could, but you hope one of those guys could give you uh, at least twenty points every night. Yeah, it just depends on whoever's hot, right? Between those two guys, whoever has yeah. the hotter hand, they're going to get more shots at that point. And that's you know that's awesome for this Mavericks offense. It's why, it's one of the reasons why they're the best offense in the NBA so far. All right, coming up, let's get into some more Tim Hardaway Jr. Question about his shooting and how he keeps shooting well and how he continues to you know shoot as well as he has after this long break. And then an, an incredible question from an incredible. You know, journalistic reporter that just is uh, you know near and dear to all of our hearts. So we'll hear from him and more from Tim Hardaway Jr. coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more from Tim Hardaway Jr. This is a question from our friend Doyle uh, at the Kobe Beef on Twitter. He asked about how he continues to keep up his shooting and his shooting numbers after all this layoff. In my eyes, everybody's zero zero at this point. Um, everybody's been sitting out no one's been really playing a lot a lot of basketball um leading up to this point after the season was over um so i think everybody's in the same boat um so it may take a couple games it may not take a couple games but uh i know i've been getting a whole lot of reps up and and make sure i stayed in the gym as much as i could and shot on my basketball court outside of my of my place uh on the street for a, a couple of days when it wasn't too hot outside and um, but uh, I just try to make sure the that uh, this cannon was still uh, <laughs> able to resume its uh, uh, its time when it gets back when the season gets back. The cannon, the cannon, THJ, the cannon. Let's go. We have to be tweet. We have to tweet cannons whenever he rains a three. THJ, it's dynamite. <laughs> I'm ready. Here's your. Here's your new parody. That's your new that's your new theme song, Tim Hardaway Jr. That would be the nichest parody, I think. And I've done a parody about Yogi Ferrell, but with a Tim Hardaway Jr. canon <laughs> yes. parody would be the most niche parody I've ever done. 
Uh, man, I, I thought that that was interesting. He said that everybody starts at zero zero. I think that's a great mentality. It's as, Isaac. It's as if Tim Hardaway Jr. is like the son of a very well known NBA player. Like that he's been around this his whole life what? and knows exactly what to say. Right? His dad played in the NBA. It's as if maybe. Maybe it's, it really sounds like his dad may have had a killer crossover and was like, you know, an all-star a couple times. I can just tell just by listening to him. And I feel like he does better when his dad is in attendance. <laughs> is that a hot take? I, just by the words that he's saying, I can tell that that's true. <laughs> no, I, I love they refer to his shooting as a cannon. I mean, that was uh, absolutely remarkable. But yeah, I mean... He's a 40% three-point shooter, and he shot over seven threes a game uh, this season. This year. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> this year. And uh, so I'm. everybody's hoping that this, you know, a shooting streak like that just can continue in Orlando and but pretty quick. I, I think he knows that, right? Like we – I just even said, and kind of tongue-in-cheek, but you said he's a 40% three-point shooter, and I said this season, right? And I think yeah. even he knows that, right, that it's – like man, I don't want to make this an outlier. This outlier season, I don't want to make this a fluke. I'm gonna come in starting zero zero. I'm not building on forty percent. I'm starting from scratch, and I think that's a good mentality to keep as a shooter. You know, you you always step to the plate and knowing that, you know, uh, this is gonna go in right, and just taking that approach to it. And so I, I think that's a great approach, and and hopefully, um, his shooting continues because that's that's one of the big. That's probably one of the biggest what ifs outside of, you know, Porzingis and Luca's health and, you know, conditioning, right? For the Mavericks is how well will Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dorian Finney Smith's shooting hold up? Yeah. I mean, you, you just look at his three point uh, shots over the past couple of years. You know, he shot 34%. Over the past three seasons, including this season, he's averaged seven threes a game. Uh, last year uh, combined his Knicks uh, stint and the um, Dallas stint. 34% from three the year before that in New York, 31% from three. And bam, here we are this year at 40%. And it's going to be huge for, I mean, we say all along, we we want 40% three-point shooters around Luke and KP. They have two of them in Seth and Tim. So I think the same question uh, is you know posed to Seth too. Like how quick can we get these shooters going? Is it going to take time? Uh, and that kind of goes to the scrimmage stuff that I'm not a huge like I'm glad the scrimmages are happening, and I said this the other day, but I'm not taking hardly anything from the scrimmages. I just want them to be healthy. Um, I, people are tweeting out like, "Oh, is it me? We're playing the Lakers." I'm like, I don't really like care, but I'm hopefully, hopefully they can get everything kind of ironed out a little bit through these scrimmages, and these guys can find their groove a little bit. Yeah, especially if we get to see the scrimmages. Uh, I think the details on you know TV and broadcast uh, things are still TBD to be or T- TBA to be announced. Uh, the Mavericks are playing the Lakers the first one, and I think seven of the Lakers' eight you know, regular season games are nationally televised, so I'd, I'd bet that the Mavericks-Lakers uh, scrimmage is going to be televised too. So uh, outside of that, though, I don't, I don't think we know anything for sure. So, But I, I don't worry about Seth's shot at all, right? He's been a 40 45%, 50% three-point shooter his whole career, so I don't worry about him. I do worry about Tim Hardaway Jr., though. And Dorian Finney-Smith for that part, too. So hopefully they have the same mentality. They're going into camp. And I think it's great. You know, it's it It's weird to me that they're bringing Dwight Powell, Brunson, and all that. But those are guys that compete in practice. And I hope that, you know, shooting-wise and competing shooting, I, think, I hope that Dwight is out there and Jalen is out there, you know, pushing some of these guys to shoot better and to, you know, 
shoot and practice and things like that. And I wonder if that camaraderie, that chemistry, I wonder, that's one of the reasons why they want to continue to bring these guys because maybe that's part of the, the special sauce that's helped these guys shoot well. It's probably mostly just Luca's passing, right? Like Luca, Luca holding the ball and you know giving them the best shots. But I want they don't want to you know mess up a good thing, so they're just going to bring everybody. Which with them coming, it, it's important to because I remember when word first got out that hey Brunson, Dwight, those guys are going Courtney, they're going to Orlando, but they're not playing. It's also important to remember that because it's an injury, they can't replace him like it, it's an opting out of COVID thing. So when you look at like Willie Cauley-Stein, when he opted out, then they allowed him the roster spot to sign Trey Burke. So it's not like those three guys, if they decide to stay in Dallas, they could just sign three other free agents like J.R. Smith or something before L.A. did. No, they, they would have had... So basically what they decided on, they would rather have... The, those guys in practice around the team in Orlando, uh, you know, obviously all three of them want to go to Orlando instead of, you know, two other, um, I want to say random, but random Replacement bodies. Replacement players. Were, you know, two other random two-way guys that you could bring in, which there's restrictions on those, like on those players that have to be under, what, two or three years of uh, service in the league and all this different stuff. So it would have been two like G League guys basically, but they're choosing, you know, those roster spots. So there you go. Let's hear the last quote from Tim Hardaway Jr. This is a question from the great Isaac Harris. Hey, Tim. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this for us today. Uh, have you alluded to your time in Atlanta being in the playoffs? You're one of the few guys on the team that has experienced the playoffs before. And specifically for guys like Luca and KP, what's your advice for them experiencing the playoffs for the first time and how much will it mean for them to experience this playoff? atmosphere whatever it looks like in Orlando um things I would tell them for sure is um um control what you can control out there on the court uh first and foremost uh, there's gonna be a lot of calls not going your way that you may get during the regular season um and there's some things you will get away with uh but at the end of the day uh you have to know what you, you have to do out there on the floor and you can't lose focus um I know when I was in Atlanta we uh, just played our tails off and just tried to make sure that um, when we were out there, things will get chippy. Things will, you know, it'll be a lot more trash talking to normal. But at the end of the day, uh, just got to make sure uh, that you're out there playing as hard as you can and out there enjoying it. And also, uh, you know, guys are going to key up on you. You know, there's it's a seven-game series. So you probably get away with a couple of things, one or two games during the series. But, you know, that third or fourth or the fifth game that you're trying to close out, um, to get that fourth win, uh, uh, it's not going to come easy. So just got to find ways and other opportunities to score and uh, and lock in. And play, we got – and then at the end of the day, uh, defense is definitely going to, uh, you know, win those good ball games. So we have to, as a team, do an amazing job on the defensive end. It was like he could hear his dad talking to him like – you know, remember, talk about defense. Remember, yep. defense, defense wins, right? Like it, it just hit like in the back of his head. It's like, oh, I can't make the, I can't answer this question without also mentioning defense because it's just been drilled into my head my entire, my entire life. Um, the quote about, you know, just focusing on 
what's in front of you. Don't let anything distract you. And, you know, calls aren't going to go your way sometime. I mean, just specifically saying calls aren't going to go your way sometime. uh, That's completely towards Luca, right? Like, (laughs) you know that that has to be addressed. I mean, if we're talking about it, if you're talking about it just watching broadcasts, and if you're talking about it as fans, I mean, imagine how much the players are talking about it internally and talking about that being, you know, an issue. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that was the first thing I thought of was that's directly, you know, <laughs> uh, labeled at, at Luca, uh, Tim Hardaway jr. Though, I want to just bring this up for people that may not know. He has been in the playoffs twice. He went with, you know, Atlanta, like you said, with Al Horford, Paul Millsap, Kyle Korver, Jeff Teague, that team, Damari Carroll, um, he played in – he actually won one playoff series in 2015-16. They beat the Celtics, and then they played the Cavs and got swept um, 2016 on their way to the finals. And uh, then he played the next year. He just played one series. So he's played three playoff series. He didn't play a lot against that Cavs team, but he has some experience, and he's been there, and he's, uh, you know, he's seen, I guess. <laughs> he's seen yeah, some well, stuff. You look at this Mavs team, there's not a ton of players who have played right. in the playoffs. And so you take a guy like that that's at least played in three playoff series, uh, and then you put that with J.J. and um, Berea, somebody else. Um, Berea, uh, DeLon Wright, and, Boban, Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee, yeah. Dwight Powell. Yeah. There you go. Yo, that might be it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, for somebody like Tim um, – that's why, especially a main guy in the rotation like that, I was intrigued of what he could tell. Because, I mean, KP's talked about a lot just as being the first playoffs. I mean, Lucas played on some uh, high-intense uh, stages in his career over in Europe and stuff. So, And, and he loves the big stage. So I, I, I'm not really worried about Luka. Seth Curry with Portland last year. We should mention that. Yeah, Western Conference Finals, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I, One thing I want to mention real quick that he mentioned was the um, – uh, the adjustments when he was talking about how you try something in like game one or game two and, and you know, you plan somebody for a, a seven game series. It's so much different than a one off game in a regular season game. It's like, Oh, you can catch somebody off a of back to back or it's just like you could throw a random game plan out there. But once you play a team over and over again, then adjustments are being made. And that's why the Houston thing, I get a little skeptical about the small ball stuff because I think they could get into a series and then, you know, it scares somebody at the, game one but like three or four games in it's like all right well we've kind of figured it out a little bit carlisle's gonna rip that apart right he's just gonna find ways to do it yeah yeah if they yeah for sure if they if they get to play each other but uh that's why i was kind of wanting houston instead of somebody else but um i would yeah i I would just want to see it just to see what carlisle would do and the adjustments that he would make specifically kp averages about 37 a game probably i mean who's who's gonna stop him from shooting over the top Covington? Um, Rob Covington? Yeah, Rob. Tyson Tyson Chandler? (laughs) Oh, man. Imagine Tyson Chandler's the reason why the Mavericks don't win a playoff series. Wow. After all these years. Mixed feelings. Uh, Okay. So, there you go. That's Tim Hardaway Jr. That's his thoughts. We'll do Rick Carlisle Carlisle tomorrow, like we said. And then uh, more stuff coming out. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. We'll be back. Peace out. Boom. Boom.